everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lombardo from Life Poured Out International. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifepouredoutintl.org. Um, the website is currently under construction. We are updating it in certain areas, but still you could have um, access to different resources that we have from our old shows, Awaken Live, um, when we're doing a lot of live uh, Facebook streaming, but just free content that's out there to really bless you guys. And so take advantage of that. Okay. And um, soon the website will be up and running in its full capacity. And so I want to get into a subject that is very sensitive today. Um, it's a part of my story and how the Lord really brought me out of shame into freedom, into peace again. And it's a very, very sensitive subject, especially what's going on in the world today. Um, and so I'm going to talk to you about abortion. And I know that um, so many people out there have had an abortion. There's people that believe that it's fine and there's other people that don't. Okay, we have pro-life and we have people that believe in abortion. Okay, and I don't want to get into the intricacies of that. I just want to share my heart and what the Lord has done in me. And I know that a lot of people suffer with shame, um, guilt, pain um, after they have an abortion. Okay. And I know this personally, not just in my life, but friends and family members. Um, well, not, not family members, friends that I've had um, that have, that have gone through with this, excuse me, that, um, that I've, I've, I've sat, I've sat with them. I've spoken to them. And so, and I've heard their heart and I've heard their pain. And so before I encountered the Lord, when I was 19 years old, I was in a relationship um, with the, with this girl and I got her pregnant. Okay. But we broke up before I even found that out. And she came up to me. I think we were broken up about three or four months and she came up to me and she said she wanted to speak with me. And so we got together and sat down and she shared with me and she said, Michael, I'm pregnant and I know you're the father. And at that time, I was at the height of my, <laughs> you know, just crazy lifestyle and I wanted nothing to do with the Lord. I was not mature at all. And I was, I was working, I was making okay money. Um, and she told me, Hey, listen, I know it's yours and, um, I don't want to have the baby. I spoke to my mother and we're going to have an abortion. And so I want you to pay for it though. Cause we just don't have the funds for it. And at the time it broke my heart because I'm the youngest of four and I always begged my mother to have another baby when I was little. Okay, I was probably eight, nine, ten, and my mom would always tell me stories of how I would beg her to have another baby, just because, you know, I just loved kids and I wanted to have a younger brother or sister. And just growing up, my nieces and nephews, I just loved playing with them and just loved kids. Okay, but being eighteen years old and getting someone pregnant, knowing that I'm not in the place, uh, really financially, mentally. I'm really didn't carry that kind of maturity. And at the time, an unbeliever. So I didn't have the mind of Christ, okay? And I was thinking of anything, everything on a very carnal level. And so I said, okay. And we wound up, I wound up paying for the abortion. And at that point, probably five, six, seven months later is when I sank in, into that depression that I told you guys about. And it wasn't just about this. It was about a lot of different things um, that, that was going on in my life. And once I encountered the Lord, you know what? My sister was inviting me to church. I didn't want to go. I loved Jesus and I loved spending time with him and getting alone with him, but I didn't love church. And I don't know if some of you guys uh, can can uh, agree with that or maybe have that experience, but I remember thinking to myself, man, I've got so much baggage in my life and I, I just need, 
I need help, Lord. And my sister called me one morning and she said, come to church with me. If you don't like it, you can go home. But you know, if you, if you do like it, then great. You, you can keep coming to church with me every week. And I said, let me call you back. And I was at a friend's house and I kind of, I got in the backyard by myself and I just said, Lord, you know what's going on in my life. I'm grateful for everything you've done, but I've got mental baggage. I've got, you know, debt I need to pay off. I've got legal stuff that I'm going through that I'm paying off. And so like, Lord, there's so much going on in my life and I just need relief in another area here in one of these areas. And I was like, Lord, you know what? I'll go to church today. So my sister stops hounding me, but I almost made like a, uh, like a bet with the Lord, not a bet. It was, it was just kind of like, Lord, okay. So if I go to church today, I need you to speak to me. I need you to do something in my life. And if you don't, I just, I'm never going to go to church again. But if you do, maybe I'll think about going to church. It was like, a, it was like an ultimatum. And uh, so I went to church and it's a two hour service. Okay. And the pastor would often get words of knowledge, prophetic words, call people out, pray for them, lay hands on them. So it was a very charismatic church and gifts of the spirit were in operation. And it was two hours. Okay. And so I was sitting there for a two hour service. And I remember, you know, just waiting for God to speak to me or waiting for the pastor to call me out and maybe give me a prophetic word or something. And nothing happened. And we were at the very end of the service and the pastor was doing an altar call and he was calling people up. Uh, to receive Jesus. And I was just like in a bad mood and I left the sanctuary and I went to the bathroom and because it was a mega church. Okay. There was like nine entrances to get into the sanctuary. And then the bathroom had speakers going. So you could hear the pastor talking even while you're in the restroom. And so I was, I was using the restroom and I heard in the speakers, I heard the pastor say, and I'm getting the Lord speaking to me right now. And there's someone who I don't know how long ago this was, but who had an abortion or paid for an abortion and the Lord wants to touch you right now. He wants to heal you right now. And when I heard that, I knew it was me and I ran out of the bathroom stall and I tried to get into the sanctuary, but there's like 12 or nine doors and only the middle ones were open. And because I'm unchurched, I had no clue. I haven't been to church in a couple of years. I was trying to get in like the side doors, but they were all locked. And I remember thinking like, what in the world? How do I get into this church service, the sanctuary? And so I just literally ran back to the bathroom just because I wanted to get alone and I opened up a stall. And I closed the stall door and I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter where you are. The Lord will meet you in very unusual places. Okay. He is everywhere. You know, he is, there's not one place that you can hide from the Lord. He's at your cubicle at work. He's at the bar down the street. He's in the highest heavens. He's in the, he's in the depths of hell. There's nowhere you can go that the Lord won't be. You can't hide. You can't run. And so I was in the bathroom and I, I literally just closed the stall door and I don't know if I said anything. I really don't think I did because I don't know if anyone was in the restroom. I don't want to be like praying out loud. And so I think it was just my heart just reaching out to the Lord. And, and I believe my heart was saying like, God, I, help. Like I, I know you're speaking to me and I'm just here. I am. I don't know what you want to do. And I felt not only the presence of God, but I felt like, like water washing over my heart. There was like a clean, pure love that washed over my heart. And I felt my father's embrace, you know, our heavenly father. I felt his embrace. I felt acceptance I, I didn't feel rejection. I didn't feel disapproval. I didn't feel that he was disgruntled or ashamed or upset with me because of what I did. Because listen, everyone's got different views, but I believe that abortion is murder. And so I, the apostle Paul persecuted Christians. The apostle Paul, he, he did so many wicked things to the church. 
and the Lord touched him and set him free. And he wrote two-thirds of the new testament and so it doesn't matter how deep the sin it doesn't matter how dark it doesn't matter what it is there is life and there is love and there's acceptance and goodness in god and he sees past all that into a broken heart into a heart that needs help to a heart that's unsatisfied to a heart that's yearning for more you know he sees past the deception he sees past the blinders and he 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 gets us where we need it the most and I remember feeling the approval of my father, the the love of my father, the acceptance of him, and just literally just my heart being set free and washed over. And I left that encounter with God with no shame, with no shame, with no, I wasn't beating myself up anymore for what I did, you know, for paying for the abortion and for, and for, you know, you know, the, the uh, regret of, I could possibly have a child right now, you know, um, and all of that. And I just knew that God restores and he makes all things new. And I, I was free. And months later, I believe it was two or three months later, forgive me for my timelines, but I was in church and it was Father's Day. And I was at the same, same church, my pastor in New Jersey. And he just said, Father, stand up. Let's honor the fathers. And so the fathers stood up and were clapping. Everyone was clapping for the fathers. And I didn't stand up, obviously, because I wasn't a dad. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. And he said to me, son, Happy Father's Day. And I'm telling you right now that I'm not, you know, at that point, you know, before I got saved, I would not cry at all. Okay. I was very, you know, but then once I got saved, I would just weep like a baby in the presence of God. He began to soften my heart and tenderize my heart where I wasn't ashamed of any of that. You don't need to come off like a tough man or whatever. And so I remember I probably ugly cried like snot and everything. And it was the reason why is because the Lord doesn't just forgive. He doesn't just wipe your slate clean, forgive you, accept you, but he encourages you. He encouraged me in that moment that I'm not just forgiven, but that I have a child in heaven waiting for me that I will be united with one day. It was hope. It was a, it was like a release of hope, a heavenly father that was saying like, son, I know what you did, but I love you and you, you may not meet this child here on earth, but you will see him one day in heaven. And it was extremely restorative for me. The Lord loves to restore. He doesn't, he doesn't want to dangle a carrot in front of your face saying like, Ooh, this, this could be yours or, Oh, I've done this for other people, but here, come and get it, come and get it. And then he doesn't, you know, take joy in pulling it back from you and never, you know, God, he delights and takes pleasure in restoring us, in answering our prayers, in speaking to us. God wants to speak to you more than you want to be spoken to. He wants to encounter you more than you want an encounter. He wants to restore you more than you want to be restored. And I just believe it's a life of seeking and finding, of asking and receiving answers, of knocking and having him open the door. You know, he's drawing us, he is wooing us, and as we walk with him, trying to find the right language here, as we walk with him, as we yield to him, as we come into agreement with him, and we open up our heart, and we we come to him who is the source, in his presence we find restoration, in his, in his word we find truth, in his presence we find joy and peace and healing and life, and it's this relationship that we develop with the Lord where 
everything in the word of God becomes tangible and becomes real and active in our lives. The word is like a double-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit. He is alive and it is active and God wants to activate the power of the word in our lives. And so that was huge for me. That moment, that encounter was was huge for me. And it didn't stop there. I went to Mozambique a couple of years later, maybe three years later now. So a lot of time passed by. I'm walking in freedom. I'm not experiencing shame because of my past and the things that I did. And it was hardly even on my mind. You know, I just had peace about everything. But I was in Mozambique and on the mission field and we're doing lots of serving and, you know, living amongst the orphan and the poor over there, doing a lot of teaching in the Bible school with the pastors over there and preaching in the hospitals and the jails. And we were going in the middle of the bush bush, in the middle of nowhere. We drive seven hours in a camion truck into a village with people who, you know, have never heard the gospel before. And we would preach a gospel and lay hands on the sick. And it was amazing. And one night I was worshiping and I was honestly just in front of my room on a hammock with my earbuds in listening to some worship music, not saying a word, not praying, not speaking in tongues, not any of that. I was literally just soaking and meditating and just being with him, just being silent, just knowing he's God and being silent. And I had this moment where I had a vision. And in this vision, I was in heaven. And it was very real. It was very tangible in that moment. And I saw a picture and a vision of Jesus walking up to me with a child and he handed me this baby and I had no clue what was going on. And I felt like the Lord, he said to me, this is your son and his name is Stephen. And the mercy of God, the beauty of who he is, and some people might find this crazy. And if you think this is crazy, I understand. I get it. You don't need to believe me. But the Lord loves to love on us. He loves to show us things. If you're sensitive to him, if you make time for him, if you prioritize him and you abide with him and you give him ample time to speak and he is the most important aspect of your life, I'm telling you, you will find encounters like this where he speaks and he shares and he pours out and he does things in you that are unfathomable unfathomable and all these people and i'm speaking directly to you right now there's there's people that you run into in church they always have testimonies they always, they always have stories they're always saying god speaks to them they're always saying oh i got this revelation from the word or oh god healed this person or that person or oh this this happened in my life and you think to yourself well why not me how come these things don't happen to me and i want to encourage you you're not left out you're not you know god hasn't forsaken you those people aren't more special than you or God doesn't favor them more than you or doesn't love them more than you. Just instead of looking down on yourself or letting yourself get into that cycle of, of negative thought processes, just say to yourself, no, I am a child of God. I am favored by the Lord. My inheritance is his presence. I have a relationship with him. He loves me. He is a God of love. You need to affirm that because I want to read a scripture to you here because this is very important for what I want to say to you right now. It's 1 John chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And then I also want to read to you out of Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. This really speaks to me, and I believe it will speak to you as well. It goes like this. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and reminds us of our failures, we need to know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience. My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have bold 
freedom to speak face to face with God. When you are beating yourself up when you are saying I'm nothing or God doesn't love me or favor me as much as that person or how come you know Michael Lombardo had encounters like this or how come my pastor shares all these stories and God speaks to him but God's not speaking to me when you think that way and you get stuck in that sludge of negativity and darkness you do not have confidence to come to God You do not have faith in his love. You do not have faith in what the word of God says. And that is not, I'm not meaning to condemn. I'm trying to just point out the fact that you need to identify with who you really are, that you're a loved son or daughter of God, that you are favored by him, that he adores you, that he wants to speak to you, that the shepherd, he is your shepherd and the, and the sheep hear his voice. It says in the word of God and you are a sheep. So you can hear his voice. You have the ability to hear his voice. And when you believe that you will be confident to come to him. And when you come to him, you will experience these very same things, these amazing moments with the Lord that will forever shape your, your life and catapult you into confidence and destiny. And I want to, I want to read out of Hebrews 10, 19 through 22, because I love this passage as well. It says, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. I love this because let us draw near. In confidence by his blood. It has nothing to do with your merit. It has nothing to do with your goodness, nothing to do with your good works. You can come dirty. You can come messed up. You can come sinful. You just need to draw near trusting in what he did, not trusting in your works, not trusting in who you are, your, your competence, your holiness. That is religion. That is filthy rags before God. It's nothing to do with your church attendance, nothing to do with your righteous deeds, nothing to do with how many people you told about Jesus. Everything is because of his blood and because of what he has done. That's why we have confidence to enter his presence, not by the old way in the old covenant about following the 10 commandments perfectly and obeying every jot and line of of the law. It is coming now by grace through faith. And it says here that we have a sincere heart and a sincere heart is just an honest heart. It's an honest heart. I need you. I'm nothing without you. I I believe that you're the way, the truth, the life. I believe that you are my source. I believe that you are the way to the father. I believe that you are the key to my freedom and my breakthrough. I believe that you healed the sick and you raised the dead. You're the same yesterday, today and forever. Like there's just a sincere heart, not coming, pretending to be something you're not, not coming with this, with this smug Pharisee mentality of maybe I need to come in acting like this and come into God's presence, talking like this and trying to say all the right words and saying long lofty prayers. You don't even need to say anything. When I was in the restroom, when I had encountered the Lord at, at that church that day where he spoke to me, I didn't say a word. You don't need to say anything because he sees your heart. So a sincere heart is an honest heart, not trying to perform, not trying to be something you're not, just coming as you are. And then on top of that, with full assurance of faith. And what does faith mean? To trust in, rely upon, cling to Christ. And not just Christ, but having trust in what he has done for you. Realizing that you don't need to do anything to impress him. You don't need to do anything to get his favor. Just come with a sincere heart, believing that he is who he says he is. That's it. 
That's it. And you will experience breakthrough, freedom, healing, sanctification, life. And I want to say this to you. I'm going to read a portion from my book, Immersed in His Glory. The truth of the matter is that Jesus was condemned on the cross so you could live condemnation free. If God was to condemn you for your sin, he'd be dishonoring the cross and all Jesus did. And that's not an option in God's mind. Jesus was crucified for you to be justified just as if you have never sinned. He's loyal and committed to you. He's loyal and committed to what Jesus did for you. And now you have the same access to your heavenly father as Jesus. And so I want to end here and just say, shame is not your portion. Guilt is not your portion. Regret. God hates regret. He hates shame. He hates when his kids are under the weight of these evil mentalities in this he hates when you're broken he hates when you're depressed and 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 struggling with your past because the bible says blessed is the man whose sins the lord has forgiven because he will never bring them up again that is powerful i just want that to just rest on you for a second blessed is the man or woman that is in the lord because he has forgiven their sins and he will never bring them up again (laughs) he forgave me of the abortion he forgave me of my lust and my and my and my uh stealing when i would steal from people their their money when i didn't have any money he forgave me of my all my negativity and my and my all everything that i've done it's it's forgiven it's forgotten it says that he is taken it as far as the east is from the west he's thrown our sins in the sea of forgetfulness and so i just want to pray with you here today and i just want to Just open up your heart to him and just let him minister to you. I just pray right now for the presence of the Holy Spirit to just overcome your heart, that the blood of Jesus, that his finished work, what he did for you becomes so clear and and apparent in your mind that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would enlighten your heart, would awaken your heart. Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. I just pray that an awakening would take place in your heart, that you would see Jesus for who he is, that you would see his work for what it truly is, and that you would know the love of your heavenly father, the approval of your heavenly father, that he accepts you, that he doesn't just love you, but he likes you. He is pleased with you and he wants to set you free. He wants to um, pour out blessing and favor on your life. He wants to encounter you and speak to you you are a sheep it says in the scriptures he's a shepherd and we're a sheep and the sheep hear his voice the sheep are led by him and do not let someone come in and try to devour or come in and try to speak other things into your life aside from what jesus says and so i just pray right now that you would experience his presence that the truth of his word would enlighten your heart and that you would see jesus for who he is and not only that you would see yourself how Jesus sees you. You are wrapped up in the finished work of Christ. You are seated in the heavenly places. You are in the beloved son. Not by works. You don't need to pretend. You don't need to put on a show. You don't need to put on a facade. You don't need to act religious. You are his. And I just thank you right now that you would just overwhelm them with your joy and with your peace in the mighty name of Jesus. I hope that my vulnerability and I hope that my story, um, I share these things and people have said to me in the past, why do you share these things? Why do you open up and tell people things that, you know, could be taken the wrong way or misconstrued or these are, these are personal. These are, you know, you should keep these things to yourself. Absolutely not. Though the redeemed of the Lord must say so. And 
The, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when I share my testimony of what Jesus has done in my life, I am prophesying to you that he could do the same thing for you and even more that it's not just for me, it's for you too. And I do not want to withhold my story, if it can encourage you in any way, enlighten you in any way, bring breakthrough, freedom, you know, joy, encouragement into your life. And so I, I, I hope that my story encouraged you, that it built your faith, inspired hope in you today. And I, my desire is for you to live an awakened life in his presence and for you to live in fullness, the fullness of the spirit in your life. And so if for more podcasts like this, subscribe, um, rate, rate the podcast, leave a review. You can listen anywhere that podcasts are available. Google Play, Spotify, um, iTunes here on charismapodcastnetwork.com. Share this with your friends, with your family members and get this out to more people so they could be blessed by the content that's being released here on the show. Um, love you guys. Appreciate you. There's a quick um, one minute commercial here to tell you about my books. You can grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Appreciate you guys and see you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, ex have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you